Nikki. Hey, Selena. And hello, everyone. Welcome to Sweet Tea and TV. Hey, guys. Welcome. <laughs> Switch it up. I tried. <laughs> Dare to be different. That's I like to I keep you on your toes, Selena. And everyone else. Yeah, keep us all on our toes. Uh, okay, so we're going to get into this episode here briefly in which Julia moons 1,200 people, including the mayor, accidentally, accidentally, not on purpose. It's Julia. That's terrible. Well, it got me thinking about most embarrassing moments, mm. and I thought maybe we could uh, chat quickly about that. Oh, boy. Would I love to relive one of those. And I want to ask what your most embarrassing moments or all your moments. Give me all your moments. <laughs> You're not getting all of them. I want your most embarrassing one that comes to mind. And bonus points for unintentional nudity. I don't have that. I have... And you've never been embarrassed. Tangential unintentional. Oh my God, I do have a nudity. I do have one oh, that involves wonderful. nudity. Oh, good. Perfect. Oh boy. Then you get bonus points. Okay. So then can I tell two? Because the sure. first one that came to mind job interview after college at a job I didn't really want. Do you know the story I'm going to tell? I, I do. A I job do. I didn't really want. Y'all, this is so good. Uh, well, now I hope it's the one that, I, that I'm that i telling now because maybe I have more than it. I have so many embarrassing moments. This one was pretty bad. I don't remember the question he asked me, but my answer was because I really want a chance to spread my legs. <laughs> And what There's I meant this one. was to like spread my wings or like stretch my legs, like flex some kind of new muscle or whatever. Well, hold on, hold on. Cause I think we all need to know with that offer. Did you get the job? Oh, I, I don't even know. I, I don't even know. I was so horrified by the whole thing. I don't think I did. And now that I'm thinking about it, I don't even know that I heard back from them. <laughs> I was also, that job. Well, you were was, a lawsuit. Wait, it happen. was 50 kinds of awful. Like the job was horrible. I didn't realize till I got there, like how awful it was going to be. And he's describing it to me. And I'm like, this sounds terrible. I also was one of the worst sunburns of my life in a business suit. And it was so it was oh. scratching me the whole time. Oh, and then I no said, spread my think. legs. It was awful. That was all around terrible. The second one was I was at Whitewater uh -huh. and I was standing under a waterfall and it pulled my top down. <laughs> Whitewater is a, uh, a water park here in Atlanta. And I just was like standing under the waterfall and I just pulled it down. And what's worse is my stepdad's friend saw it. Oh, the whole thing. No. And I was like 13. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, at an age where you really come into your own and you right. have, you're just really comfortable with your body. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I was just like, everyone, you're welcome. Oh my God. I was mortified. Uh, I had forgotten about that one until just now. Oh, perfect. <laughs> so perfect. I'm glad we've had this, this conversation today. I've uh, spread my legs and flashed white water. Well, let's see if I can make you feel better. Well, please do. Is, is your story worse than that? Well, you were there. Oh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> So I will say it was challenging for me in trying to figure out what story to tell. Yeah. And it's not because I have like even one stitch of grace, <laughs> but rather because there's just such a plethora. They become almost like a natural, two things. They become yeah. a natural part of your life if you're like, yeah, like I'm not the most go through life smoothly person. So I have lots of them. And then also I compartmentalize. So well, you got to get to the next day until you say nudity and embarrassing does that memory resurface for me i'm so glad i could trigger for you <laughs> i also like I, I feel like i'm somewhat it's it's fading with age you know so like as as things are sagging and everything's falling apart like also I'm caring less. So that's a, an upshot. <laughs> that's the most important part. You just care less. Yeah. But most of my life, I feel like I've been like an easily embarrassed person. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Me so too. I think that's the other thing that makes my, like the bar might be low, but the list is long. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, but yeah, you were there. And before I even say it, do you know what I might be talking about? I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. So we were on a work trip. In okay. D.C. Okay. All right. We'll get there. It was the final day of the work trip. And so we were carrying all of our luggage to a final meeting 
because we had to leave from there to go straight to the airport. You don't know still? I still don't remember this. Okay. It's, it's going to make me laugh. I had a book bag on and a rolly bag and my purse. And somehow, somehow my skirt got tucked up <laughs> in my tight. I do remember. <laughs> and I was walking down the street with my entire ass hanging out for about a mile. And, and it wasn't you. No, no. Because you were beside me. So how would you know? It was a stranger walking behind me who pointed it out, nay, shouted it at me several times. Ah, very How loudly. Embarrassing for you. <laughs> what a day to be alive. Oh, no, I have totally forgotten about that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I don't remember the person yelling. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh, but see, I've forgotten. The people of DC but you have remember probably them. forgotten. I remember the experience. Now. I do. Yeah. I do. So I, but you know what I think is helpful about this? If you don't know me, I think this is a wonderful introduction to explain to you what it feels like to be me. So. Going down the freeway of life with your skirt and I'm like, tucked into your pantyhose. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> it's like, I am that person. But, uh, so, you know. Just in case you ever wanted to dare to walk a mile in these <laughs> shoes, baby, you better be prepared to do it with your butt hanging out. But you are in good company. You're in good company because I have the awkwardness of telling a man I just met and am trying to get to hire me for a non-sexual job that I want to spread my legs. And uh, flashing all of white water. And I flashed all of white water at 13 years old. So here, here, everyone. <laughs> I hope you feel like you're in good hands today. As we go on this journey together. And if you think to, reach out. Let us know about your most please, embarrassing moment. Please, please, make me feel better. We will not be sharing pictures of our most embarrassing moments. Oh, my God. Could you imagine if there were pictures? Uh, I mean... Maybe there are pictures of you. I mean, it was a long stretch of highway there I was on. See, my top falling down was way That's before quick. we had, like, cell phones. And yeah. I noticed it immediately. The spreading my legs thing. You're just, like, in a meeting. Yours could be on social media somewhere because it was not that long ago. It was a long, it was a long walk. Uh, a walk of shame. I didn't know I was in shame. <laughs> you were so proud of that outfit. Just feeling good about yeah. yourself. I don't know that. I feel true. breezy. I, I feel, feel like, easy. It's a light. Day. Wait, now I know why. Yeah. Aww. And on that note, is that a good segue into the name of the episode? Yours is a perfect segue into the name of the episode, which is Full Moon. A full moon over Atlanta finds the sugar baker ladies worried about sex, violence, and crime, not necessarily in that order. Air date March 13th, 1989. We're calling this one The Women Who Mooned Atlanta. How did you feel about that Hulu episode description? Is it okay? Pass muster for you? I think it's fine because it's like a pretty complicated. It's a pretty complicated one to get down into a description. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. So this one was written by LBT and directed by David Trainer. So first up, general reactions. I mean, I really went around the bend on this one. Okay. Because on the one hand, on the first watch, I remember really liking it a lot. Um, like as a, as a regular viewer, you know, you folks who watch a show one time, <laughs> like maybe you watch it again, but like in a reasonable time frame, like a year later or something, you know, mm -hmm. I, I, I did. I enjoyed it. I like that everyone felt substantially involved in the plot or the multiple plots and that their individual stories came together through a series of shenanigans. I love a shenanigan. I mean, that's I love what shenanigans. sitcoms are about shenanigans. I mostly like that there was a lot to do and going on and it was pretty chaotic, which paired really nicely with the full moon backdrop. Mm -hmm. So I thought that made sense and it was like kind of smart in a subtle way. Mm-hmm. It kept things moving, and the writing was nice and crisp in the middle where sometimes episodes sag. Mm -hmm. Not just for designing women, but really a lot of shows will sag sometimes in the middle. So that's all good. But then on a closer review and, and watching again, some threads really started to unravel for me. The first one is, I, I, think, I think that you could say this was a Mary Jo episode, and yet... I think it shortchanged her. She gets to open and close it, but the bulk of the laugh lines go to Suzanne and then the big speech to Julia. Mm -hmm. On that note, 
Julia's gun speech. While well-intentioned, for me, felt pretty tacked on. I know it was supposedly what brought Julia back from her catatonic embarrassment, but I just didn't feel like it was earned. So that's my first general reaction. There's a lot to unpack there. My bad. Sorry. Let me think. So the the gun speech. One of my general reactions, I do not want to get into a gun rights discussion. Uh, one, because I think you and I see similarly on this issue, so it wouldn't be a particularly interesting discussion. Two, I'm not just not prepared for that. I don't have my facts in front of me. I'm not ready for that. Oh, I forgot to tell you. I'll be doing a Selena sidebar Perfect. today. <laughs> Excellent. So, but one of my general reactions was the fact that Suzanne... Suzanne walked into a store and bought an assault rifle is distressing. The fact that it probably could still happen in a lot of ways today is even more distressing. But uh, I had totally forgotten Julia had that speech from our first watch, even from the second watch. I it totally was tacked on. Because it, it was tacked on. But I, it, I, such a surprise to me because I thought, wow, this seems like a, this seems like a nice topic to be able to have LBT's perspective on. The fact that Suzanne had an assault rifle in her home, uh, all because she was getting some dirty calls. So I felt like, ah, oh, man, there's really something missing here. And I had just totally forgotten that there was that speech. So I was glad LBT took the moment to have that speech right there at the end. If I had to take a guess, I don't know what's in LBT's head, obviously. I bet you she's pretty passionate about the issue. And I think she introduced it in an episode of Chaos to try and layer some things together mm -hmm. so it wasn't too heavy. Yeah. Um, I, I liked it. And I think she layered on a lot of different things um, in order to fit that in there, mm -hmm. but like in a way that is more palatable mm. to a wider group of people. Smart. I, I, th I if think If that was so. her strategy, that's smart. Yeah. I if it wasn't her strategy, you're smart. <laughs> um, well, I'm like, well, there's a lot to unpack there. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, so I think the, I think if that's what she was after, then I do agree that it was a good way to go about it. If you're trying to share an opinion in a way where you're not alienating half of the audience. On the other hand, if you don't remember that it took place, something right. got lost in translation. Right. Could have been that I fell asleep watching it the first time. The other, loved it. the other thing I wanted to unpack from what you said uh -huh. was shortchanging Mary Jo. My, my first general reaction to this episode was the entire episode, my heart ached for Mary Jo. And this may be a parent perspective. Yeah. Uh, I appreciated that she felt like she had had all the right conversations with her child. She felt like she was sending her child out into the world prepared for this big thing. It's a big development, dating, love, sex, all those things. I appreciated that she felt like she had her kid prepared, but also wasn't ready for it and trusted her daughter, yeah. but also didn't trust her daughter. Sure. And so I felt like that was kind of a, I appreciated that thread throughout the episode because the whole episode, my mind is thinking about Mary Jo and thinking about all these things she's going through while all these other things are going on around her. Um, so that was my first general reaction. Yeah, I think I think all that felt very realistic. Yeah. Um, and I think I think it felt uh, very progressive, mm -hmm. actually, because I think she tried to be really forthright. But I think at the end of the day, uh, more so than getting into any kind of religious aspects or anything like that, take that all off the table. I think sex is complicated and it's messy and. I, I'm going to put on my imagination cap and I imagine as a parent, the last thing you ever want for your kid to go through is messiness, complication, or the hurt that is sometimes on the other end of sex. And so for those reasons, I think it's perfectly reasonable that her emotions are both mixed and a little all over the place. And to also say that I don't think LBT has children. So being able to put on that uh, parent imagination cap and being able to write through this episode. Uh, good for her. The other thing you talked about was chaos. Love that you use that word because I think maybe it feeds into another one of my general reactions. Um, 
which is this idea of the surreal plot line sometimes. And I, I go all over the place on this. Some episodes I'm like, that was so crazy. How are we supposed to follow? I think we just talked about some of this in Odell. How are we supposed to follow that? And then in other episodes, like Mr. the Mr. Bailey episode, I'm like, I love it. I absolutely love how ridiculous this episode was. I love the shenanigans. I love the madcap stuff. Um, this one almost pushed me too far when they dealt with the police officer. Oh my gosh, that one almost pushed me over the edge when like um, he's going to take them to jail and then agrees to bypass jail so that they can just give him bail money. But then he agrees to even just like take them somewhere to get the bail money. He's just going to stop there in the middle of the night. It's because they had extenuating circumstances because police officers really care. They really, really care about that stuff. Yeah. Um, It's in my dislikes. Okay. So now we can check that off of the list. You know what? (laughs) I like it. That really just irked me. Uh, and then the last thing I wanted to mention, this may be more astray, but like, are we just never going to circle around who was making those dirty calls to Suzanne? Like, we're not going to, I think it's Consuela. Oh. Huh. But I don't think we ever even. Why go after the pig? Yeah. I don't know. That's weird, huh? And yeah, maybe it's not Consuela because she's the one that gave her the pig. Maybe, maybe it's Helen Consuela. Van Patterson. Pat- Pat- yeah, Maybe. Who knows? My other general reaction was really like based on Mary Jo grappling with the possibility that Claudia might have sex for the first time, which we've already talked about. Um, And I was just wondering, is it time to talk about the talk? Did you get the talk? Am I I bringing up a whole thing? Uh, No, Uh, I don't remember having the talk with my mom. And I hope my mom, and it's fine. If she listens and wants to correct me, that's fine. My impression of the talk with my parents was my mom was the first person to sign the sex ed form saying that you could go have, you know, take part in that part of the of health class. Oh. My mom, like that form would come home and I, I have Forgot a about that. real clear recollection of my mom being like, heck yeah, go enjoy, go forth and prosper. Like she had no problem with me learning about it. I do not think my mom had a particular interest in talking with me in about the it. delivery. So like sure. I never got that like stack of books that you always see in the TV shows. The parent sort of slides it across the table and is like, just read these. I never got that. Also, who's going to read that? I, I, I probably would have truly probably would have just out of curiosity. You would have loved a pamphlet. I probably would have. It would have made me deeply uncomfortable because I am a super modest person and that stuff just a little But uh, yeah, no, my mom never talked to me about that. I'm going to guess you had one though. <laughs> I think... I feel like that's up Sabrina's alley. I think my mom basically started giving me the talk before I'd switch from bottles to sippy cups. <laughs> so I could have like, by the time, like I hadn't even had sex yet. My friends had, and I think I could have taught them a class. I'm like, all right. <laughs> well, see, the thing is, I've got, like, my posters out, <laughs> a nice PowerPoint presentation. I'm just kidding, guys. I'm way older than a PowerPoint presentation. Um, but my mom's just always been super open like that. But I think, actually, the reason Mary Jo's reaction resonates with me is because the second my mom ever thought that my life was headed in that direction when I was still in high school. By the way, it was not... <laughs> Like, she flipped out a little bit. Yeah. So. My I remember my mom taking me to the gynecologist's office specifically to get birth control before I went to college. I think that was probably the closest to a sex talk my mom and I ever had. Um, she said, we're going to get this done because you need to have access to this when you get to college. I want to make sure that if you ever decide whatever, that you have this. That's probably the closest we ever get. And that's pretty much the extent of the conversation. Um, but like, here's this thing and I want you to have it. Um, I think it's interesting. And I wonder if you, maybe you feel this way. My mom was similar in like, we didn't have an in-depth conversation about it, but like the idea of me getting pregnant as a teenager or a young 20 something before I finished college and moved on, that was probably the worst thing my mom could imagine. And my mom was a really young mom and intentionally a young mom. She was a married woman who wanted kids and wanted them young. But I always got the sense that my mom was like, you need to be established and you need to like, not that she would have done things differently, but I wonder if that played into it a little bit was like, Make sure you've got the life you want before you go down that path. And I just think that's interesting. Yeah. Here's your birth control. Use it. Please, God. Finish college. Yeah. I think, um, yeah. I mean, I think, um, I think parents, 
likely want whatever they feel in their head and their heart is the best for their kid in a given situation and um, maybe to live a little bit of a different life than they've lived, even if they sought that life out in the first place. Right. Because um, they have the benefit of experience. Absolutely. They've lived through it. Yeah. We probably listen to them sometimes. I try. I saw this thing, and I might have mentioned to you this to you off mic. I can't remember, but I saw this meme that was like, don't forget your parents are going through life the first time too. Mm-mm. Blew my mind. Blew my mind wide open. Yeah. That you sort of assume that your parents have it all figured out. They've only, they've got a little bit of a head start on you, yeah. but they're still experiencing some of these things for the first time too. They're just human. Yeah. They're not all knowing. That's a very good point. Well, I think we could almost lob this under strays. Um, <laughs> what strays do you have? I, ha- I think I have three, maybe four. Uh, Patrick Day played the character of Ben, uh, Claudia's boyfriend. Oh, yes. I wanted to mention he was born in St. Louis, Missouri. So he's a Missouri boy. Oh. LBT's homeland. Cousin. I didn't say cousin. Homeland. Well, it could be. She's could had be. family on the show before. Yeah, I don't know. His Wikipedia article did not say that he was her cousin or not. Mm-hmm. Um, I just thought it was interesting he's from Missouri. Um, I had three things strike me throughout this episode, um, other than that thing about the weirdness of the plot line toward the end. I wanted to share. They're not necessarily just topics of discussion, just things that occurred to me as I was watching it. Again, the reason I'm tired because my brain works overtime thinking about random things that don't matter. Okay. One, what happens for rich people when their maids go on vacation? Do they have someone come in and act as their maid? Like, does the maid name a replacement while they're gone? Or do they just go without a maid? Or do their maids not take vacation? Mm, well, I think it was... Oh, wait, hold on. You're not looking for answers. These are just If you boring. have them... Oh, let me check my answer book. Well, rich, rich person. So, what do you think? So I, I clean my own toilets. Um, so if you have a service, then they just send in someone else. Yeah. So I think there's that. The other thing is, is I like that in your world, all of the people who are maids definitely go on vacation. Right. That's why I say, do they even go on vacation? Right. I don't know. Yeah. I mean... And, like, I think it just sort of depends on how well they're paid. <laughs> Your maids should be going on vacation. We probably don't call them maids anymore either. But housekeeper? I don't know. Sounds right. I think it depends. The people who are not sending them on vacation probably call them maids. The people who send them on vacation maybe call them housekeepers. Yeah. I don't know. It's complex. It occurred to me. Thing two. Julia hates the word mooned, but she doesn't hate the word panty line. You know I hate that word, Suzanne. But then she says panty line. Doesn't bother her. Panty? That word bothers the hell out of me. This is why I'm bringing it up. (laughs) Thing three. To kill a mockingbird as the movie you watch on Girls' Night. That doesn't resonate with you. Can you imagine? No. What a weird choice. It's Charlene's favorite movie. Yeah. Like. I have a lot of favorite movies. I don't know that I would recommend them all for movie night with the girls. Yeah, that's a good point. Especially one like that. You have to focus on To Kill a Mockingbird. And and it was probably like a really old black and white version too. And for some reason, I feel like black and white takes a lot more focus. Yeah. I don't know. It was just a weird choice. <sighs> it's yeah. called Strays. Yeah, no, you're good. I'm just, I'm trying to keep myself from going down three more paths. I know. Go ahead. Then the last thing I wanted to mention in my strays was um, Julia said something before the fashion show about how she and Suzanne were going to talk about Noel later. Um, she said it's run its course. Then the police officer said something about awaiting a custody decision on Noel. Mm-hmm. Then designingwomenonline.com said this is the last time Noel will appear. <gasps> so if it's true, LBT really doubled down on coming up with reasons for her to, to disappear and hoped people would remember that. Oh. Well, Noel comes up for me later on. Um, I think when we were talking about who wins and loses the episode. Mm. So I don't know if this will... Well, don't go falling in love with her. <laughs> don't go breaking my heart. I just broke your heart. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> uh, I only have one stray. And that was that we get a Monette mention. Oh, mm-hmm. and uh, that's a nice little callback to season one. I love the callbacks. Char- this is Charlene's high school friend who became a Madden. It's also some foreshadowing for a future episode. 
So. Way to spoil the surprise. I know. I like to spoil a surprise. And on that note, should we Selena sidebar? Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> I was not ready for this. Oh, I'm just, I'm, I'm taking, I'm Go taking you it. there. Let's do it. It's a sidebar, Selena sidebar. She's got a keyboard looking for a reward by digging deep in the obscure. Taking us on a detour. What you got, Selena? In Selena sidebar. So I thought that today we would do a little quick sidebar about car dates. In the episode, Mary Jo says of Claudia, I told her when she was 16 she could car date and everything. So now she has this real cute boyfriend and yada, yada, yada. Basically, it just means going on a date without leaving your car or at least without going too far from it. I'm on level with you. The whole reason the sidebar exists is because when I heard that, I was like, what in the world is a car date? Mm. And when I Googled it, it seemed that everyone knew but me. Did this mean anything to you? A car date? Not really. So I want to hear what you have to say, because I feel like if you are someone who's worried about your kid having sex, a car date is a really bad idea. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So it turns out that, like, so just so you know... Guys, we all know that everybody can have sex in the car. I mine is a little bit more G than that. So, oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, uh, it feels like a motel on wheels. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you so just go anywhere. Mine is much more Disney version than uh, that. Okay? okay. So, what kind of stories did you think I was going to share? <laughs> I, I didn't know where you were going with this <gasps> one. Well, that's true. We were just given the sex talk, so who knows? Um, so. I'll share a couple of memories, and then if you have anything that comes up for you, as I give you some ideas of mine, okay, <laughs> so that you don't, you don't think we're going into nine and a half weeks or something. <laughs> um, so both of mine are with Casey, and these are I've actually had a lot of car dates because once I open up and like kind of share some of the categories with you, I think that it will become a little clearer. Okay, okay. so. Uh, both of these car dates with Casey were to watch some kind of cosmic situation. He's very into like stargazing kind of stuff. So, uh, in our early dating days, this is like one of my favorite memories for the two of us is we drove in the middle of the night to see some kind of meteor, meteor shower back in 2007. I actually looked it up. There was, it was in December and I guess there was just like a really like, the most vivid one of the year was on that night, December or something. But what I remember the most is that it was just like super spontaneous. And he like calls me and he's like, Hey, there's this meteor shower. And like, and we just decided to go like drive in the middle of the night. And we got like hot cocos on the way. I told you it's super G. Um, we got hot cocos on the way and then, uh, treats. Cause I always have to have treats. Road food. Just sure. anytime I'm going anywhere. And you know, really you have to get away from the light pollution. Right. So that's why we were driving a really long way away. And then we just threw a blanket out by the car and we laid there and watched the meteor shower. I will tell you truthfully that like I barely remember anything except for the fact that I knew I was like falling in love with this person. That's Aww, what I knew. That's so nice. That for me is like a story that just really is like a standout. So as soon as I read what a car date was, I was like, oh, a car. Okay, a car date. The second one was just a few years ago. We actually drove up to Brasstown Bald to watch the Comet Neowise. This was like the most bright comet that had come around in 70,000 years or something. I don't know. Um, But it it was really much of the same, except it was summer, so it was really hot and miserable. Um, But we drove up trying to avoid that light pollution again. And um, that I actually remember because it's two years ago. Mm. And so I think that's the only time I've ever really seen like a comet in the sky. That was really cool. So those are my examples. I have nothing to contribute to this conversation. That that's super romantic. Okay. So um, I think you will once you hear the examples that I stumbled upon. Okay. Okay. Uh, But you don't have to share anything, but I think it gets much more run of the mill. Oh, Nikki's are tawdry. <laughs> <laughs> They're not G. <laughs> Sorry, Kyle. 
Um, so I like stumbled on a couple of articles and they gave some that I thought I would share in case anybody wants to take part in any of these. One is a drive-in movie. That's sure. a pretty standard stuff. Yeah. And this is just fun. It's a unique experience. You get the big screen, you get movie snacks. Sometimes we've like actually just taken dinner with us. Um, but the other thing I actually do like about these, I can ask full volume questions. <laughs> Who is that? <laughs> That's right. What are they doing? No one's going to yell at me. I can look at my phone with abandon. <laughs> you know, it's nice. If you're in Atlanta area, then I'd recommend the Starlight Drive-In Theater, which is not only a drive-in theater, it's also the one drive-in theater. So <laughs> just really narrows down those options. You know what I'm saying? Um, Holiday Lights is another example. Uh, this can be official or unofficial. This last year, we actually made our new holiday tradition, getting hot cocos. Everything always ends with cocoa with me, I it guess. It does. Yeah. What is that about? I, I don't know. I guess I'm Sheldon from Big Bang Theory or something. Uh, but uh, that's only going to make sense to you if you watch the show. Uh, but anyways, so we drove around together and just looked at lights in different neighborhoods, including Nikki's neighborhood, because it's really nice and there's really nice lights. <laughs> we take Christmas very seriously. Um, so, but if you're in the Atlanta area or really anywhere, there's always all of these like official light shows. But what we'll do is we'll link to, if you are in the Atlanta area, that is, several official holiday light options. So if you're here or you're visiting, you can swing through. It'll be here in a few months. The next one is scenic road trips. This one is a little tough for me because I get a little antsy in the car. Mm. I'm not great at sitting still. But if you give me something nice to look at, it's a little better. Mm -hmm. For us here in the metro Atlanta area, we are near the mountains. No matter where you live, you might be getting like different cool backdrops. And you can just... Uh, I, this might be a little difficult right now why the gas prices are so high. But anyways... I just on. don't really... And this is why I'm having so much trouble. Because like when I was a teenager... I mean, I didn't go on dates all the time, but I went on a few dates and the idea was like, whoever could drive would drive you to the place you were going. Yeah. Then there was a time when gas was really expensive, which probably would have been when Kyle and I like were in our dating and we lived in two separate cities. So again, the car was just a mechanism to get us somewhere. Sure. Um, but I have done these things, just not as like a date necessarily. Like it was just a thing we do together. Sure, it is. Like I don't yeah. think we're. I don't think I ever walk and I'm like, we're going to go on a date tonight. Right. You know. Right. Uh, the, so and I think that's again what makes the terminology confusing in the first place. Okay. Um, I got one more example, okay. and that's a. And we can do this today. It don't have to be a date. It's a dashboard uh, buffet, y'all. Oh. <laughs> So you just pick up all Snacks. you just pick up all your favorite fast foods and you throw all that crap out across the dashboard and eat it. You know what you saying that? I'm glad you're giving these examples because actually I have a really wholesome, very romantic car date that Kyle and I did during the pandemic. Okay, we picked up food from a Mexican restaurant near us and went and sat in our car at a park and had dinner together. I love it. So that's See? reminding me dashboard picnic. Uh, so. Those two articles, the I feel like I picked the best things from those articles. <laughs> but for those of you who want to, and this was in the article, act like you're celebrities and ride around in a car acting like you're a celebrity, those and other options are available for you in these articles, and you're welcome to try them out. If you really enjoy these car dates, please share them. If your car date is sexual, please. Do. we hope you enjoy it. <laughs> Yes, but you don't necessarily need to give us the You're details. welcome to keep that to yourself. But again, unless it's juicy. Happy hunting. <laughs> All right. How about what we liked now that we'll step out of Selena's sidebar? Selena's salacious sidebar. <laughs> I liked how Suzanne at first tried not to tell the story from the fashion show, but then when Julia was like, it's okay, she was like, perf, here are all the details. <laughs> It's everything embarrassing. Uh, and then when when she says, but what I don't understand is why were you not wearing underwear? And Julia answers. Her response, the way she delivered it was so fun. Suzanne, I told you, they asked me to only wear hose because the dress was silk and otherwise you can see a penny line. The way she delivered that was just perfect. I loved it. I'm glad you said that because I think that this whole scene is pitch perfect for me. Yeah. So not only Suzanne's recounting of the fashion show, but the build of it was so yes. nice. So th like they didn't tell us, like we knew she had accidentally 
shown like the back of her butt what we didn't know that she wasn't wearing any underwear right and so the build to that and then the reveal of that was like it was so good that's that's a great point because you're listening and you're like oh yeah that is really embarrassing and then she says that and you're like oh no that's horrifying yeah and it was like this is like one of those situations too, you know, sometimes I'm like, I really wish we could have seen this. No, no, no. In this case, I want it recounted. Yeah. Because the recount, like you couldn't make that as sweet as hearing them tell it. Yeah, that was great. In this case, it made a lot of sense. I also liked in the same scene, everybody's trying to make Julia feel better by telling their most embarrassing moments. And then Suzanne's most embarrassing moment is Julia mooning <laughs> 1,200 people earlier that day. On brand. It was so perfect. And I think that's what I was saying, too. Felt like it was shortchanging Mary Jo. Mm. Is like, they got all these great lines. It's her episode. They're, like, giving her these emotional cues. But I don't know. Um, I just... It didn't land that well with me. Uh, what else did you like in the episode? Uh, we mentioned this at the top of the episode uh, about your embarrassing moment. I liked the throwback to Charlene's quote from season one um, about going down the freeway of life with the back of her dress tucked into her pantyhose. Oh, that's a callback? Yes. It was in season one. It was very early on. I probably could come up with the episode if I thought about it long enough. But yeah, she said it way early and I just liked how it was a throwback. Oh, good catch. And on that note, um, it's sort of like in that, that vein of character development. And I mentioned this earlier. I really liked character development as a way to make a political statement about gun control. That that worked for me, even though, to your point, it was tacked on. And that didn't really occur to me as I was watching it. I liked being able to have Julia deliver a very concise soapbox message about gun control without making it this like whole focus of an episode. Okay. Well, on that note, while I don't um, support irresponsible gun ownership, Suzanne's over-the-top femininity with the long pink dressing gown encased in fur and a face full of makeup while toting around a rifle <laughs> with a pig in tow. It all felt very Southern to me. <laughs> I just don't think you can get any better than that. Like, yeah. it was pretty fantastic. Um, yeah. I really like that. I had one more thing, and this was the runner where Mary Jo is, she's like desperately attempting to follow this weird advice that Charlene <laughs> gives her about subliminal mind control. So it's this idea that you just mutter something really low that you want someone to do over and over again, and then they'll do it. Well, it couldn't hurt, right? Well, so that's why she keeps muttering to Claudia very low don't have sex. Don't have sex. <laughs> Only outdone by Charlene and Mary Jo simultaneously muttering to Suzanne, don't buy a gun. <laughs> Which just proves probably how much she shouldn't have one. And on that note, make me cookies. <laughs> Please leave us a rating and review. Take my Instagram poll. Take it. Okay, Selena's getting aggressive with her subliminal messaging now. What it else becomes you... less subliminal and more I'm abusive. Just, just a full-throated shout. <laughs> <laughs> and almost like a threat. Uh, I don't have anything else I liked in the episode. I do have one thing I didn't like. Okay. Really just one thing. It was that weirdness at the end with the police officer. It was just so strange. Like a real effort. Same dislike. Well, there you go. Well, let's rate this sucker then. Are you ready? I'm ready. Uh, well, I usually let you go first. <laughs> So I'm going to let you go first again. I'm so sorry. So polite. Uh, 4.75 out of 5. Bad Moons Rising. Is that your same? Same thing? Same oh, thing. that's great. That's hilarious. That. What, what score did you give it? 4 out of 5. Oh. Man, if I give it the same score, I think... That would have been weird. We just have to end. We, we would be done we would and have, retire. You can't, you can't beat this. I just didn't have that much to take away from it. I, the only thing, if the only thing I didn't like was what I just said, then the, on the whole, it was an enjoyable episode. So it's just enjoyable. I, I did struggle with some of it on rewatch, but ultimately the quirks are enjoyable. The dialogue is funny. We're having lots of fun. We've got these great sitcom situations. I mean, what more do you want? Yeah. Who won the episode? Who buttered our biscuits? 
really want to give it to Charlene this episode. I think we've pretty well documented she's like the most perfect supportive friend, but this episode really solidified it. First, she says she's totally, she totally would have taken the walk down the runway for Julia if she could have. Um, mm -hmm. She used her daddy's prize, prized frog gigging flashlight in the hunt for Claudia and then lost it, I guess, presumably at the police station. Um, and then she called Claudia our girl when they were talking about like checking in on her or whatever. It was all just really sweet and wholesome. So I guess what I'm saying is get yourself a Charlene. I think we all need a Charlene. Uh, Suzanne won this episode for me. She could teach a master class on burns. And I just really liked how her quirkiness was on full display in this yeah, one. That's true. Who lost the episode or who served us lumpy gravy? I feel like it's really the legal system. Okay. So you're telling me I'm supposed to believe it's illegal to be out of your house in your PJs hunting down teenagers. I tried to look that up. Well, not that. Whether it's I illegal. Mean, okay. Well, that last part sounds bad. You're telling me I can't go hunt people under the age of 18 and I just don't get it. I don't understand. But I the PJs. Understand. Yeah. I looked up the PJs yeah. um, just to see if there was like some kind of codes on the book. I gave up. I'm sorry. Yeah, it was I just understand. too. It wasn't, um, it wasn't an easy look up. I'm sure they're probably what, not pajamas specifically, but I'm sure like. There was some, if you can't have a whale in your bathtub in New York City in the spring or whatever it is, I'm sure there's some pajama law somewhere. Truly, it's more gratifying for me not to know because I, I think you should be able to leave your house in your PJs if you want. I think that 2022 proves that you can. Yeah, right. Yeah, we're not. For sure. We're not having any I think this police officer was annoyed and tacked on an additional yes, I think violation. Uh, which I'm, I'm just going to go out on a limb and assume happens occasionally. I mentioned earlier that Noelle comes up for me in this section. Yeah. She is the one who I feel like loses. And that's because I'm, I'm sure they'll pretend this never happened. But as of right now, the police officer insinuated that Suzanne may lose custody. But this kind of harkens back to your story. So we don't know what's going on. But if you take that part out of it, my thought process was if she loses custody, then Noel goes from a pretty sweet situation to maybe a farm, maybe worse. Should I maybe then say that maybe again, the legal system becomes the person who served a slumpy gravy? I Okay. All right. That's a good and fair argument. I'm just saying. Because it's not like Noel. Like, right. I just think she's losing. She didn't lose me anything. Right. She won me everything. Yeah. That's what you need to know. I understand. 80s things? I have three, and I don't have anything substantial to say about any of them. Perfect. Uh, Amtrak, and maybe just like the idea of taking your honeymoon on Amtrak. Which was Mary Jo's story. Oh, right. The pressed up against the glass story. Yes. Yeah, that's no good. Michael J. Fox, though, really, he's kind of timeless. There was a Michael J. Fox reference. Uh, I think when they were talking about Ben, the boyfriend. Um, and then Woolworths, oh, right. uh, the department store. Mm -hmm. It's not really a thing we talk about anymore. Hardly. I don't think there was a... I don't know. Was Woolworths even in the South? I don't I know. Don't that's a good question. Them. No. Um you got my 80s things taken care of, so let's move on into southern things. Frog gigging. So I looked this up because I was going to give like a brief description of it. It's pretty awful. You've talked about it before. I have. Yeah. It's pretty awful. You use that flashlight that Charlene had to temporarily blind the frog and then you stab so them. You're gonna, okay, you're going to tell us again. Um, so, well, I ended up on a PETA website. And it's, like, really aggressive. Um, yeah. It's just something I don't think about very often. Like, I'm not going to get up on you a soapbox about, about it. frog gigging a lot. Because I don't... How strange. Now, what I will tell you, though, is uh, if I've talked about this before, forgive me, but my uncle used to do it. Yep. And I stayed at his house one time, and he had gone out the night before and done it. And when I woke up the next morning, I went to go get my cereal, and there were frog legs hanging over a bowl because he had them, like, curing or whatever you do with frogs after you gig them. Yes, we have definitely had this conversation that story has stuck with me. I think I had said something about eating frog legs and this oh. is the reason you couldn't do it. You had to explain to me what gigging was. So, Oh, okay. Well, there you go. It's a whole, it sounds terrible. I just don't think about it that much, yeah. but PETA does. So, yeah. uh, bad moon rising being in the credits. That's the song they played in the credits. It's a fantastic song. Um, it's sung by Credence Clearwater Revival. And the reason I'm putting this in Southern Things is because I do well, feel like we owe it to people 
uh, that the band was formed and based in California. They are not Southern, even though they are oftentimes lumped in with Southern because they talk about bayous and backwaters and some such. They're not actually Southern. Okay. And I feel like that's our responsibility as Southerners. Yeah. But I definitely think of it as like Southern rock. They are classified in that category. And I maybe I linked to an episode or, if, or I mean, a link to an article. And if I didn't, I probably should. This is like a big debate in the rock and roll community about them being considered like Southern rock, even though they're from California and that like idea of where they were they glomming on to a culture that isn't theirs and all that sort of stuff. Maybe they just wanted to hearken. They just soul, their soul called to this area. It, it, as as it should. And their music is like, I mean, we own it as Southern. It's fantastic. But I just wanted to mention that. Okay. So I did have in here to kill a mockingbird. Because um, Southern writer, Southern location, all that. Uh, Charlene's motto that we've already talked about, not going down the freeway of life with dress tucked in. That sounds pretty Southern to me. Yeah. And also, don't brag. It's rude. Um, and then I had in here the Hyatt Regency can Mm. confirm this is a real hotel in downtown Atlanta. In fact, it turned 50 back in 2017. And even if you don't know it by name, you're probably familiar with the Polaris or the blue domed rotating restaurant on the roof. I would consider it an Atlanta skyline landmark. Uh, it shut down for a while, but as far as I know, I think it's back up and running. Is that different than the sundial? Yes. Okay. Sundials on top of the Westin. Okay, okay. Uh, the Polaris room looks more like, it kind of gives me like these vibes of like a UFO almost. Mm, okay. And I think that's the end of my Southern references. So what about other references that we should talk about? I don't have anything here. Okay. The only thing, so I, I did look up uh, Woolworths and I just, so I didn't realize a couple of things. I think it's just one of those things I only know by name, but I knew literally nothing about it. It's a uh, retail company and predecessor of the Five and Dime store. But really the thing that interested me the most is after it went out of business, it's like actually Foot Locker now, which kind of blew my mind. Like through all of these different things that they did and then like, like they were biggest into athletics and then it just kind of formed over into Foot Locker or something. And that blew my mind. It is because like, how does that start and then go over here? Anyways, it was a whole thing for me, but it doesn't have to be a whole thing for y'all. Uh, I know that we're not getting into the gun debate, but in terms of thinking like why at this time was LBT interested in making this impassioned speech from Julia wrapped in this episode that's got us doing all of these things And so I started looking into like what was going on in 88 and 89 and what, you know, was there any current events that may have inspired all of this to take place within the, you know, show. And it looks like it was likely inspired by the gun control act of 1986. I found a time article in the law, mainly enacted protections for gun owners prohibiting a national registry of dealer records limiting ATF inspections to once a year, softening what is defined as engaging in the business of selling firearms and allowing licensed dealers to sell firearms at gun shows in their state. It loosened regulations on the sale and transfer of ammunition. On the other end of that spectrum, the bill also codified some gun control measures, expanding the Gun Control Act to prohibit civilian ownership or transfer of machine guns made after May 19th, 1986. And it also winds up redefining silencer to include parts intended to make silencers. Uh, so what really kind of struck me here is this, this sounds like the act that probably opened up the loopholes that get mentioned just about every time this debate circulates back into the news cycle, which is interesting only from a 22. Well, it's interesting for a lot of reasons, but for me, this thing that you hear about in 2022 and all these years is hearkening back to this time period. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize that because I don't really, I don't know the history of the laws. Right. Uh, I also wanted to say that there was a really tragic shooting that year. And 
I imagine this was all over the news at the time and very much on LBT's mind. So I think those two things come together and make her write this episode. Mm. Um, so I'm not trying to take it down again. I'm just trying to explore that the world in 1989 that we're just not really that privy to anymore. And it felt almost weird to not mention it once I had looked it up. Uh, in the worst transition today, <laughs> cut lines. Let's bring it back up. Yeah. Because the one thing I wanted to mention in cut lines is when they were sitting around telling their embarrassing stories, uh, there was one cut, uh, where Charlene told her embarrassing story before Mary Jo told hers. The long and the short of it is that uh, Charlene went water skiing with a brother and some friends and lost her bikini top while she was cruising across the top of the water. Oh, so we missed that. That's a loss. That is a loss. Yeah. The loss of a top for her, loss of a story for us. So next episode, episode 16, Miss Meal Ticket. We'd love everyone to follow along with us and engage. We're on Instagram and Facebook at Sweet Tea and TV. Email sweetteatvpod at gmail.com. And our website is sweetteatv.com. As always, there are several ways to support the show. You can tell your friends and family about us. You can rate and review us wherever you listen. Uh, and then you can visit our website where we have a support us page. And hang tight for extra sugar. We're going to talk about full moons. Full moons. Full moons. Well... You know what that means. What does it mean, Selena? It means we'll see you around the bend. Bye. Welcome to this week's edition of Extra Sugar. The wild and crazy night we just spent with the ladies under the light of a full moon inspired this week's segment which we're calling Lunar Lunacy, The Myths, The Truths, and What to Do About It. For this segment, we're going to cover the myth behind the full moon and touch on some tips for managing your life during the full moon so you don't wind up mooning a whole ballroom full of fashion show goers. That'll be handy. <laughs> so I really doubt the concept of a full moon is totally foreign to people. I think most people have heard someone say, must be a full moon when something like annoying or crazy or weird happens. But it got me thinking, like, why? Where does that come from? As is our vibe around here at Sweet Tea and TV, I did a bit of a deep dive. I have some fun facts. It's fun. It's all relative. Fun facts to share. Uh, so as not to bury the lead of all the things I read, science does not seem to support the idea of a special mode of crazy being aligned with a full moon. Let's just get that out of the way. Okay. It's not supported by science. But I want to go over a couple of theories that have been posited and then debunked about a full moon's influence on human behavior. Okay. So the first one is, just as the moon affects the ocean's tides, so too does it affect human behavior. Um, this was probably the most prominent theory in all of my research that like, well, of course, the full moon is going to have something to do with behavior because it affects the ocean's tides. That must have some influence on humans. There is even body 70% water. There is even something about that's what I was just about to say. Um, so if you're not sure how tides work, I'm going to give a real unscientific explanation. So imagine you're at the beach, your side of the earth is closest to the moon. So you're on this side, here's the moon. Um, the moon's gravitational pull draws the water more toward the moon than to the center of the earth. That's called tidal force, tidal, not tidal. Um, it basically stretches the earth, creating a high tide. What I didn't realize is that it's high tide on the other half of the earth too, because the center of the earth experiences a squeeze because of that like force, physics uh -huh. and whatnot. The center of the earth squeezes, causing the other side of the earth to bulge as well. And a high tide happens there too. I'm sorry, I just <laughs> used the word bulge. Uh, interestingly. I'm not. <laughs> interestingly, when the sun, the moon, and the earth align, which is what happens during a full moon, the effect of tides are at their greatest because both forces are now pulling on the earth. So much I'm science. Wrong. So much science. So um, back to the question at hand, does the moon affect human behavior because it affects the tides? I found several sources, including the Washington Post, that cited a quote by late astronomer George Abel, who basically said, no. He says a mosquito <laughs> sitting on your arm exerts a more powerful gravitational pull on us than the moon. He also noted that the gravitational effect of the moon is as potent during the new moon. That's when the moon is invisible to us on Earth as it is during a full moon. 
Um, as far as I can tell, he didn't comment on that co-effect we experience of the sun and the moon during a full moon. Um, he just sort of said, no, just the moon in general doesn't have that strong of a gravitational pull on you. Well, you can't now. That's correct. So the general consensus remains that gravity is not the answer for the full moon crazy. Another pressing argument is statistical. There are a lot of cases being made that crime goes up during a full moon, emergency departments go up, this is emergency what I department was visits, about. medical mishaps, like mm-hmm. surgical mistakes. Um, mm-hmm. ac- according to the Washington Post and the Farmer's Almanac, one-off studies have successfully suggested a correlation, but there's never been an established, repeated correlation in published science. The Washington Post article included reference to a meta-analysis from 1991 that reviewed hundreds of those sort of one-off studies, and it found no significant relationship between the moon and human behavior. Um, And then furthermore, it found problems with some of the research itself. So for example, one study found a correlation between the full moon and car accidents, but it didn't take into account the mitigating factor that many of the full moons included in that time period of the study occurred on the weekend when many car accidents occur anyway, when more car accidents, in fact, occur. Mm. So there's sort of that like weird, it's just, it's just not good science. Right. Um, it sounds that what's probably happening more often than not is either cognitive bias. So that is people might recall weird events happening on the full moon because it's a really noticeable or strange occurrence. Mm-hmm. It's like really bright at night. So you're going to kind of correlate that in your mind to something weird happening. Mm -hmm. Um, And so they might remember those weird events that happen on those weird nights much more than weird events that happen on regular moon nights. So the same thing could happen. And maybe you just tend to remember it more if it happens on a full moon. Alternatively, it could be a matter of correlation, just not direct correlation. So for instance, Washington Post shared some research that visits to the veterinarian tend to increase after a full moon. Um, In fact, they referred to this correlation as one of the more, quote, believable ones. Um, But they made the point, could it be possible that the full moon makes the night brighter, thus encouraging pet owners to take their pets out later, exposing them to risks they normally wouldn't be exposed to? Um, So they use this really great drowning ice cream analogy. So does ice cream cause drowning? Ice cream eating goes up during the summer and drowning incidents go up during the summer. So they're related, right? Mm -hmm. Well, no, of course not. It's just that ice cream eating happens the most in the summer and drowning happens the most in the summer because you have the opportunity to do both of those things. Mm -hmm. So that could be what's happening as well. It's like the the English pee thing and the pregnancy and like English pee, like the consumption went up and pregnancy went up, but it doesn't mean that English peas are causing pregnancy. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Same concept. Mm -hmm. So the one possibility that could be kind of real is that the full moon did at one time in history contribute to a particular kind of craziness. So way back before modern lighting was invented, it's possible the full moon kept some people awake at night. Um, If they didn't have access to like window coverings or shelter, it would like keep them awake. Um, And this may have led to sleep deprivation, making them do weird stuff or exacerbating existing mental health conditions. But with the advent of modern electricity and lighting, not to mention Window coverings. Can't even see the moon. That's really irrelevant now. Um, So that's why they haven't been able to replicate that finding. Hmm. It's all science, you know? Mm -hmm. But fear not, sweeties. We're a wee bit woo-woo here on the podcast, I would say. Oh, yeah. You more than me, but I think we both share a little bit of a woo-woo. We hear the science. We believe the science. But there's got to be something to a myth like this, right? There's still that magical element out there, guys, and you're not going to take it from me. There's something. There's There's got to be something, right? Like mm-hmm. there's either a reason a myth like this has been able to, to endure so long. It also feels to me like nature has to have some sort of influence on us. Also, I'm sorry, science. Eggs are good. Eggs are bad. Eggs are good. Eggs are bad. I can't believe you. Go on. So... With that in mind, I wanted to give people something to walk away from this segment with because I don't think I've just convinced people that full moons don't do something different. Like, I think if you're inclined to think full moons do something, you're probably listening like, yeah, 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 sure. They do something weird. So I wanted to give people tips. So uh, first, you have to do a little homework, which is unfortunate. I've done some of it for you. You have to know when the full moon is. Mm. So if all has gone according to plan, our listeners should be hearing this segment around September 26th. 2022. According to my crystal ball, aka the Farmer's Almanac, that means we just passed a full moon 
around the 10th. Our next one's going to fall around October 9th. So be on the lookout October 9th. So a few tips that you can prepare yourself for. One, be aware that I may have just subconsciously planted a self-fulfilling prophecy in your mind. <laughs> so you could go through your day October 9th thinking what a weird day it is. Then go to get ready for bed that night and realize, oh my gosh, Nikki said it's a full moon. So I planted that seed that it was going to be a weird day. You made it weird. That's on you, not me. But it is still possible the full moon could affect your sleep. We said it's probably not likely, but it's possible. So maybe take a little extra care of yourself around that time. Maybe experiment with a face mask. Put up some light blocking curtains. Sleep deprivation really is bad. So um, there's a lot of science to back that up. So make sure you're sleeping really good around the full moon. Do whatever you need to do. And then also you could just like not think of it as a bad thing. So I found a very well article that said, quote, mindfully syncing with the moon's phases can be a powerful spiritual and self-care tool as well. Every 29.5 days, the moon completes a full cycle and each phase of that cycle corresponds with particular actions that vary among cultures. According to a today.com article that validated this, that practice is called moon mapping. For example, full moons are a time for self-reflection. New moons are an opportunity to set intentions. So today's article even says, give yourself rest around the full moon. Like, be kind to yourself. Mm -hmm. um, so what better excuse for a bubbly bath and an early bedtime? Oh, that is so nice. So take care of yourself in a couple weeks, friends. Science says it ain't true that the moon encourages lunacy, a word which is derived from the Latin word for moon, luna. But lots of folks would disagree. So maybe watch out for yourself anyway. This has been this week's Extra Sugar.